welcome to Airtime by Extreme, the only podcast that gets you up close and personal with the greats of extreme sports. Throughout the series, we're going to be hanging out with athletes, organizers, and all kinds of other people on the scene, giving you access to all areas of their lives and careers so you can find out what it really means to be extreme. As always, that access is brought to you by the team at Extreme, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all of our social channels. Sign up for the latest news on our website, extremesportscompany.com. The link's in the description. Let's get into it. Joining us this week on Airtime is Queen of Drift, Tessa Wittock. She describes herself as a stunt driver and all-round nutter. So let's join Tom, Ryan and Tessa as they discuss getting into the sport and climbing to the top. Um, I am Tessa Wittock. I am sponsored by Monster Energy and Driftworks, my predominant sponsors. And I drift all over the place, I would say, <laughs> in an R33 skyline with the one Jay-Z running about 550 brake horsepower. Very nice. And for those who aren't really aware, how would you describe drifting? What is the drift world all about? Oh, well... Trying to control an uncontrollable car, really, around <laughs> around a circuit. Taming the beast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It works quite well, really, with Unleash the Beast with Monster Energy. So, oh uh, yeah, nice. little plug there. Oh yeah, yeah. Got, got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah. So that's me. Cool. In the drift world, I would say. Nice. And then what about outside the drift world? What are you all about? Um, so I've actually recently just bought a drift school uh, called RDX awesome. Drift Academy. So oh, nice. that's a new venture for myself and very excited to bring to the table, I would say, like my passion uh, for drifting and to give it to people who really don't really understand it, um, that probably against it in some in some ways and to show them a good time and actually for them to, to come out of it with some skills that I th- I feel that you would need on everyday roads as well, so. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, awesome. yeah, so that, that actually leads me into one of my questions. I was going to go straight in and say, how do you how do you get into drifting? So wow. predominantly, was there a school like that for you that you could get into it with or what was your route into, into this world? Um, well, my route, I've always been into my cars. I'm sort of a an outdoorsy kind of girl. Um, grew up on farms and whatnot, always had farm vehicles and mucking about in dumper trucks and little four-wheel drives and whatnot. Um, And actually, when I actually learned how to drift in a Suzuki Vitara. Wow, okay, Um, so not the the stereotypical drifting car. But I always wanted to own an R33 Skyline. Well, actually, it was an R34, if I'm honest. But that was a bit out of my price range at the time. (laughs) So I settled. Um, And, yeah, it kind of went from having my Vitara, learning how to drift in that. I always obviously wanted to do drifting competitively because I'm such a competitive person anyway. Um, I worked in London for 11 years in various investment banks and trade floors all, all across London. So I had quite a high-pressure job that I needed to get out and have some me time, really, and blow the cobwebs out, as as it were. So yeah. And drift, drifting was exactly that. When I owned my Skyline, I got that at about 21, I think it was, and took myself to drift what you brung. Okay. Days at Santapod, um, not knowing anybody really in in the world of drifting. 
I sort of took it upon myself to just, well, hey, I need to learn this. I want to learn this. So go and chat to people and also go and see whether I can give it a good go, really. There wasn't much or wasn't many, many places that you could go and be taught how to drift. It was a case of I just bought my car and yeah, I was a bit naughty on back the in the day and a little street. bit of street time. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, that was... It's good and it's kind of flourished and gone crazy since then, so. Yeah, and definitely. And I mean, is that how you'd recommend people to get into it now? Or what, I mean, what would you uh, I mean, describe or recommend as the journey to get into this world? Well, I mean, obviously having <laughs> RDX, I would love for people to come and uh, be taught how to do it properly um, by professional people, well, semi-professional people. Um, and because there is a lot more accessibility for drift schools or there's a lot more drift schools out there now that you can do it safely and in somebody else's car. So you don't need to technically own one. First of all, you can see whether you like it or not and then go from there. And roads nowadays is just not the done thing. And Mm. it's just a silly idea. And actually it puts, gives people who are drifting properly a bad name. I think, yeah, and it gets a bad rapport in the papers and news and everything like that all over the place when people do silly things. So listening, kids, yeah, no, no, no street drifting. <laughs> Don't be silly. And then, just you touched on that kind of the nine to five job working in London. What's the kind of transition from that world into that kind of full time drifting? Yeah, and just and how did you even get into that world as well? Because that for me doesn't fit your character when I speak to you now. Like, just, yeah, just. Talk us through yeah. that whole thing. Um, I think, well, from a very young age, I've I've worked on sort of like yards and horsey stuff and everything like that. And I've always been, I would say, money driven, really, um, in the fact that you've got to earn a living. So I was out there at like 14, 15 working on horse yards and being plonked on massive horses to go and jump that and this, that and the other. So, well, yeah. and then I would say... It was the natural thing to do because I lived in Hertfordshire um, at the time and I finished school. I would say the big smoke, everybody wants to go there really mm-hmm. and see how it goes. And I started off as a data inputter for an electrical company. Oh, exciting. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I've got very good with the old keyboard on the left. <laughs> Didn't have to look at that at all. Um, did that for a year, then went into a legal firm and got made redundant. I got actually through my career, I've probably been made redundant about four times. Oh, wow. Which is great. I didn't know Um, um, And then making that transition from the legal world into the finance world because I knew that's where the money was, really. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was all about the the guys and the banter and having a laugh and, and whatnot. So I really enjoyed, I loved, loved the investment company that I worked for for five and a half years, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, and then subsequently that company then went under, so I got made redundant from there and then got, God, it's going back now. Um, <laughs> <Completely> <laughs> went different, on to different yeah, trade lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Santander, I've worked on the likes of Santander, Deutsche Bank and BNP Paribas, many different wow. things, roles that I did, did there, but I then... During that time, I was obviously drifting. Then I met 
Martin, my other half. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we met through drifting as well. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't realise you actually met through drifting. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was actually working in London. It was the first round of the Drift All Stars. Wow, okay. At That's going back Olympic Park. Oh, so like 2000, yeah, 14, early 14, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, so I, we literally, I was looking back, I went through Instagram yeah. and all that kind of stuff as to when we met. And it was, uh, it was <laughs> way two, back when. <laughs> yeah, September 2014, I think it was. So yeah. oh, I was close around that time. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool. so you met Martin and then. Yeah, and then, well. It was obviously building a relationship from there, really. Mm. And he's got his workshop up in um, Worcestershire. Uh, so it was, I was going to have to make the transition, I would say. And I gave in and left the world of London because, to be fair, it did change on the trade floors and the investment world over there. And it wasn't, it wasn't a fun place to be anymore. It was just too too heavy and people were just stepping on each other to, to get to where they want to be and right. there's no point really yeah, it's not a nice environment no yeah. definitely not so made the transition made for the better no definitely not it's been a struggle definitely and then having a nine to five job up there that had to pay the bills and it's gone pro- progressed over the time really so mm. yeah and that transition point, so you obviously mentioned it being a struggle. Mm. When did you realise you were at a point that you could? And then what was the process to get yourself in a position to kind of where you are so successful now? Well, I would say it's it was definitely to sort of work out whether Martin was the one for me, <laughs> first of all, to make that transition. But I would say following my passion, really, it was always drifting to be fair, and, well, motorsport as a whole, to be totally honest. Mm. And I'm such an outdoorsy person, being stuck in the stuck in the office is not the thing for me. I'm like a caged tiger, really, and would prefer to be out on the road and, and doing something different every day. Um, but, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one to try and explain, really. Yeah. Um, and were there, were there kind of inspirations for your people? Because I think... There's not many female drifters out there doing it, I think, to the level that you no, are. So who were you no. kind of looking up to? Or where, where did you get the inspiration or realisation that you could really do this? Um, I would say I've always followed sort of the European drifting, even before I met Martin. Um, I kind of had a crush on him before. Didn't stalk him as much. But... <laughs> um, but I've always followed it and that's always been an aspiration of mine to, oh, I can give this a go. Mm. And why not? Yeah, okay, it's a male-dominated dominated sport, but I worked in a man's world and yeah. I was used to used to fighting with the boys, as it were, and having the banter, you got to have you got to have all of that as well. But yeah, I would say it's I've always wanted to do something different and to excel at one thing. Um and there's been so many things over my life where I've been okay at a load of things and not specialised and sort of channeled everything into one thing. So doing the drifting and actually committing to that fully, it's kind of working. So I Cool. Think. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Yeah. And then, um, so we talk a little bit about the training school and you're sort of getting people into it. Mm. Um, how, yeah, what skill set do you need Kind of what lends itself to, to drifting? Um, I mean, you've got to come f- with an open mind. I think a lot of people 
anticipate it as being a lot easier than it actually is. Yeah. Um, and when you've got a client that's never done it before, come along and go, oh, I'm Billy Big Bollocks, I can do this and I don't need to listen to you. And I would say I'd start off as a nice person, but if you're cane in a car that doesn't need to, especially when I've showed you how to do it to begin with, yeah. and they get out of the car and go, oh my gosh, like... I never realised there's so much skill to it. And even just going around and doing a donut and making the transition into a figure of eight, that kind of thing. Yeah. That feeling of the going one way and then flicking it to, to basically go around uh, anti-clockwise. It's such a different feeling. And it would it scares people sometimes, especially when you're showing them. And some people just grab hold of everything and absolutely <laughs> shit themselves. <laughs> They're like, oh, God, this is going to be fun when they start driving. But it's it's interesting to to watch people's different analogies, how they think either drifting is, oh, this banger sport and oh, anyone can go out and do it. And actually, it does require quite a bit of skill and level head as well. Definitely. Absolutely. And how much, you obviously mentioned with your kind of growing up, being quite hands-on, outdoorsy, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're out there changing tyres on cars. Yeah. I've seen, I mean, you're working on cars, all that kind of stuff. How much have you got to, yeah, be hands-on and actually understand the mechanics of what's going on? And, yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of I would say there's no point of driving a car competitively if you don't understand the vehicle that you're driving. And heaven forbid something goes wrong with it or the car doesn't feel quite right because of the suspension, the car's not running right because there's something wrong with the engine. If you don't, if you go into the pits and go, oh, there's something wrong with the car, you're the one driving it. So you should be able to tell your pit yeah. crew to be able to help help get, get things sorted, really, or be able to get out of the car and go whip off the bonnet and a pipe's popped off because you've got a boost leak, whatever. Or suspension that comes loose at times or... Somebody hasn't done a wheel up or something like that. Even things, <laughs> silly things like that, really. Yeah. That if you don't understand the vehicle that you drive in, there's no point. No point at all. I feel anyway. So. <laughs> and what you know, what kind of size team do you work with at these events? Do you have a specific pit crew? Do you have a kind of team that travel around with you from event to event? I mean, what is the kind of setup for a drift team? So, it it varies definitely. I mean, myself and Martin were just. It was just two of us when. Martin was driving in, in Europe and we were sharing the driving all the way to, say, Riga and, and places like that and Austria and whatnot. Um, but over time, we've got friends, brilliant friends that come and help for, for nothing. And it's such a brilliant dynamic because we all get on as friends anyway. And when it is high pressure and everything like that, I sort of, I'm the spotter as such now mainly and then it's the boys um one of our friends simon who comes along quite a lot that works with martin in the workshop and also one of our friends who's a farmer actually um he comes mm. along for the crack as well and comes and mucks in and he's a proper grafter mm. like it's it's lovely and we can all sit and have a beer afterwards and just talk about the day and how he feels about everything but my thing with with going to events if that person who's competing that weekend does the least amount of anything else because they've got to concentrate on winning yep. as such then that's what's necessarily needs to be done so yeah it's very small our, our unit but there's so many different um teams out there that 
I've got 10, 12 people that come along with a massive catering unit and things like that. I would love to say that we would get to that stage at some time, but we've got um, my mum and my dad that come out to a lot of the events and cater for us and the likes of Bagsy and whatnot and mm-hmm. look after his team and everything too, so... Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. and it's a big lifestyle thing as well, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. Like yeah, whole, and everyone comes to... together, and it's not there's no animosity as much as you're competing against each other. And we're all friends when we're off track, but when as soon as you put that helmet on, kind of thing, it's it's business. So, yeah. which is really cool. And I think that's something we've kind of identified across all of the different extreme sports. Is despite there being this huge competitive element, there's actually a huge family and sort of love yeah. vibe between everyone. There's, Definitely, everyone's cheering each other on. Everyone's yeah, kind of fun. out there to push each other as far as they can go. So yeah. there's this really interesting, interesting competitive spirit, but also this really inclusive and sort of family unit. And yeah. you don't get that in traditional sports either. No, no. You know, and that's what I found. Yeah. And I did a, a thing of time attack this year oh sorry last year um and i think that's very much it's a bit clicky um but it i would say it is and it isn't because there's people that have been there doing it for for years and they've got their own little unit and team and whatnot but everyone does still muck in and whatnot and help each other but i would say it's definitely nothing nothing like the the drifting scene i would say and then so you've been in and around the drifting scene for quite a while what are the big changes that you've seen over that time? Because I think we're now seeing drifting going more and more into that mainstream. It's getting huge exposure, just yes. on a, not only on an international stage, but on sort of television. Yeah. What are the big changes you've seen and what have been the most interesting sort of direction changes? Um, there's been so many different changes and, and for the better as well. It's the vehicles are presented in the right way. Um, that's a massive thing, I think, is what lacks in some some championships but the cars just arrive and that's how they look and they're on standard wheels and there's no presentation care really and the likes of DMEC, um sorry drift masters they're yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> using yeah. the abbreviative yeah. <laughs> um the likes of drift masters they've brought a completely different level i mean when dave took over sort of the overall of it all um he's brought some of the massive massive names in in drifting and i think personally i think it is the best drift championship in the world as much as formula formula drift is amazing but Mm -hmm. it's still quite a a tough one to reach because of how much you need need to have to get get to to the rounds and whatnot and actually put in the bag before you even start um whereas it's a lot more achievable with drift masters but with the change of the cars and the caliber of people that have got the personalities and you kind of have to have that as well about you to have like a little story backstory about yourself and be able to talk to talk to fans and and be happy to to wander about and have photos of people and and things like that I would say as well and the level of driving is unbelievable in in Europe so I can only aspire to get over there myself (laughs) I mean James Dean's a perfect example of that where the the European level went over into yeah Formula Drift and kind of showed them what's what's what Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's just the man isn't he really like there's no 
no other way of putting it as much as Martin Richards is amazing love him to pieces <laughs> <laughs> obviously um, there's no beating him and he's got the best looking E92 from HGK and it's so lovely <laughs> does all the right things <laughs> makes all the right noises <laughs> but yeah Nice. And then with the kind of drifting world, I think one thing that a lot of people experience is that kind of that price barrier of getting into motorsport. It's really tough. A lot of people don't have that access. Yeah. Does the drifting world offer a slightly more accessible entry into motorsport? Because it's not kind of, we're not talking Formula One, full teams. No. It's actually more of an affordable version. Whilst it's still not cheap, it is more affordable. Do you find that that's actually a good way that it's drawing people into motorsport? I would say so, definitely. Um, there's so many people that, have I mean for instance you've got um Hell Drift Cup uh that sweeps runs and Paul McCallum run um that is the grassroots of, of drifting really and there's a number of other other ones as well there's like the retro drift championship um that anyone can come and have go for a licensing day as such and it's still accessible for people. I mean, you can still go out there and I think you can still go out there and buy a E36 BMW 328 weld yeah. a diff and go and have some fun, which for not a lot of money. Mm. But it's it then does become more expensive because yeah, yeah. everyone wants up. to be better and aspire to, right. to, oh, he's got that, and then we can make some changes to, to uh, suspension and add the little mods onto the engine and whatnot. Mm. So it does, it's just such a money pit. Anything yeah. in motorsport is, but it's still that fun element. You've still got that fun ele- element there as well, definitely. And tires don't last as long either, do they? No, <laughs> no definitely not. <laughs> And then, I mean, just run us through some of the, yeah, the cool stuff you've done. I mean, I've, yeah, we see it uh, previous year, been out to Saudi Arabia, yeah. I mean, Goodwood Festival of Speed with us back in the day. Yeah. There's lots of stuff. Yeah, what's what's been the highlights and just run us through some of the, yeah, the amazing experiences you've had. There's so many, so, so many. I mean, to be able to come as a VIP to uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed, it's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> and to watch Martin drive up the hill. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was a massive highlight of his his career, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a big change in the industry as well with a festival like that, so established, kind of accepting drift in. Definitely. And that whole yeah. Yeah, transition. Good lad, Mad Mike, for, yeah. for doing that. <laughs> for sure, putting us on the map kind of thing. Um, what else? I mean, all the trophies that I've won in Europe, um, I would say... And actually, who was it? Ian Waddington was actually talking to me and saying, I think you're the only person in Europe uh, or in the UK that's won as many trophies as you had as you have done. Oh, wow. Ever. So I was like, oh, I didn't even think Blind, about it like yeah. that. <laughs> that's quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite cool. That's an amazing um, stuff. But yeah. I mean, it, it's obviously a different championship. I did uh, King and Queen of Europe. Mm-hmm. And there was things that I came second in um king of europe and then first in queen of europe it's two different things um that that kind of thing really um i really loved because i just took myself over there the first year to try my hand at it because i thought well i think at the time drift cup was oversubscribed so i would have had to have wait wait um waited on a waiting list uh for god knows how long so i thought no hell with it i'll go out don't know anyone but I'll give it a good go and yeah, came Smashed out it. going, 
actually, not too bad it is. <laughs> so, but there's that. Obviously, Saudi Arabia last year was mm-hmm. absolutely spectacular. Um, the biggest crazy auto salon show I've ever been to. Um, yeah, still they a brought lot. a lot of cars out, a lot of entertainment. It was there's mental. a lot going on, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the total of cars that came over from Vegas SEMA, mm-hmm. I think it was like over 400 cars. Yeah, I think, I think it was 600, in fact. 600? Yeah, and then they were selling Shut lots. Up. And it was the first time, I think, in Saudi Arabia that you could have customised vehicles. That's it, yeah. And yeah. they, I think the king specifically said that you once you win or oh, sorry not win this car but um buy this car then it will have a stamp to say you're allowed to exactly to drive that, it in yeah. um in saudi it's mad and what were you doing there i mean it's part of the stunt show and yes. all that kind of stuff right yeah so terry grant and i have worked for a couple of years together and i've known of him for, for absolutely years yeah Bless big him. name in the automotive yes world. Yeah, certainly is um, and he wanted to get a women's stunt team, driving stunt team together. And it was the case of myself trying to put a load of, a load of people together. Um, I would say work well and fit together well to be able to, to do. <laughs> work well together. There's yeah, a little bit well of <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah, it was, it was amazing to be able to go out there. Um, my best mate, Ames, she... She's sort of my second, second-hand girly as well. So she's oh, cool. she's an up-and-coming and real good woman drifter as well. And we work together really well, I would say. Cool. And yeah, the other two girlies, they came along and I think it was very much an eye-opener because it was going to be quite interesting to see what, what kind of reception we'd have because they women over there only started driving at the beginning of last year mm-hmm. and then they wear obviously their religious albayas and head headdresses and whatnot and we were in we did have the albayas and whatnot but we didn't wear them because we had obviously you can't really drive in those mm-hmm. well you probably can but not doing the things that we were doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting to see what kind of reception people would be like and it was all the unknown, I think, because no one's ever seen that kind of stuff before. But after yeah, we completely. did our first performance um, or one of our routines, we got out of the cars and it was just the whole crowd were clapping and cheering and like coming up to the fence and like making little heart heart <laughs> things and whatnot with their hands and whatnot. It was brilliant, absolutely incredible. And people coming to take photos. And as soon as one person would take a photo, we got mobbed. (laughs) It was was really good. And it was, yeah, it was nice, nice to see. So hopefully we'll be back this year. Yeah. And I mean, you touched on the point there, there was a group of women drivers out there. Yes. Um, What's that kind of like for you? And you mentioned a little bit earlier as well, kind of um, your, it's tougher for women in in kind of, I think, yeah. action sports generally, but let's, you know, obviously yeah. keep it specific to drift. What's yeah. been your experience with that and kind of journey with that as well? Um, I mean, I don't profess that I know everything about cars and engines and everything like that. So I would say learning that as such, I mean, I probably know that sky, my skyline inside and out, but... So I think you know a lot more than I do, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a massive thing. I would say, um, learning learning the vehicle that you're driving and also others around you as well. And so you can interact in that kind of way. Um, 
and to be able to talk to talk to the lads as well to have that banter with them you've got to have a personality as well and be up for a good crack um but do you feel like there's barriers there or you're not allowed to go and compete with the boys or actually or any of that sort I of mean, stuff? I mean, I've never, I've never felt that because That's amazing. I That's think, great. I think I'm a, I don't know whether I'm just a weird girl, I don't, a weird woman, or I don't know, but I'm probably not the best person to ask about because <laughs> I'm just like, well, no, I'll, I'll do it anyway because that's yeah, who nothing, I am. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you've obviously got your your trolls on the internet and keyboard warriors that like to hide behind things and there's people who are nice to your face and bitches behind your back. <laughs> but it happens. That's everyday life really, isn't it? So but that kind of stuff, you can't let it phase you. If you want to go out and do something, you bloody well go and do it because cool. you're exactly that kind of a person. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean advice for any other yeah, women wanted to get in the drift. It's just get stuck in. I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah don't, don't and, worry about it. Yeah, and make sure you talk to people really, and don't be afraid to go and talk to people because I do get messages from from women and and younger guys and all over the place, and that's what they're mainly asking. How did you get into it, or how have you done what you've done to accomplish so much in quite a small amount of time? Um, and not to be from a motorsport background as well, really, because mm-hmm. that's that's also that that helps for sure. If you've got somebody else that have, you can grow from, like as a from your father or your mum or part of your family that have already done something in motorsport. Um, but from my point of view, I've I haven't had that because I've my family weren't weren't into motorsport yeah. really at all. Um, so it's it's nice that I can actually give that opinion of coming from no background of being in motorsport to actually go you've just got to grab the ball by the horns kind of thing and and go for it yeah that's gonna be valuable and to a lot of people yeah, yeah definitely really, really yeah. and then yeah coming into that world who were the kind of inspirational people that you were looking up to were there any particular women in the scene before who were you know who were those people for you so when I first went to Santapod, um, I took my car there without having a welded diff and stuff like that because <laughs> I thought, well, we'll see how it how it goes. <laughs> yeah, very, very silly, silly idea. But Lex still took the car out and gave it hell and broke it, as he does, bless him. Um, but Lex, uh, his missus, is... Oh my goodness me! I had oh, Lisa, Lisa, yeah. <laughs> Lisa Branch. Lexus, Mrs. Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Lisa Branch. Um, she has an R thirty four Skyline uh, with quite sequential gearbox, and that was the first one that I've ever seen with a sequential gearbox. I was like, oh my god, it's amazing! She's amazing. <laughs> and I obviously got in the car with her, um, and she took me out, and I was beside myself. Um, so she was definitely one as well, and um, Belinda Chalice as well. Because oh, cool. uh, both okay. both of those women I've sort of I say first met as I started out really, and aspirations to to build my car to be something incredible and to actually compete because both of them did so mm. yeah. So you've Definitely. kind of you're big in the competition scene, done a lot on the demos front and yeah. kind of putting on shows, and then talk us through TV. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a TV show you've. Uh, recently been involved with uh, yeah. called Speed Freaks, right? Yes. Yeah. Just run us through a little bit what what that was, what you were doing. Um, that was crazy. It was such like it was such a good experience. I mean, it was tough. 
um, having two camera women in the workshop five days a week, nine until six, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night sometimes. Um, we were building five cars uh, with, actually, let's start again. So the object of the, the TV show was to promote Zeff Eisenberg, who was building a Porsche. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was building a Porsche um, to drive and beat the world record on Pendine Sands. Right. He okay. previously did it on a bike, um, on a jet bike, which he smashed as well, So, yeah. which was really cool. And he wanted to do it in, obviously, on four wheels. So every element of the five vehicles, apart from the electric vehicle, that we did um, had something to do with his his build on his um, uh, on his Porsche. Right. Okay. So we built a Fiat Seicento. So he would basically bring us a car uh, that it was like, oh, for God's sake, why have you brought us this heap of shit? That <laughs> kind of thing. Um, that we've got to try and get as much power or something out of it because he'd always set us a task to do so cool. the Fiat Seicento was E85 and we turboed turboed it wow. and we got three times the power out of a standard engine Blimey, <laughs> mental <laughs> crazy but he was obviously putting a tur- big old turbo on his and running E85 fuel um through the through the Porsche um what else did we do we obviously did the little X-Toll drift van, mm-hmm. which is made, obviously, <laughs> that was the good fun one um, that we still got now, actually. So we bought that off. Have the, you? Yeah, cool. It's really cool, actually. We've styled it out properly and it looks really cool. Um, that was to do with, obviously, handling and, and everything like that um, and tyres. Uh, what else did you do? We did an off-roader MX-5. Wow. Um, Yeah, so it's Paco Motorsport, a suspension kit. So it was like a three-inch lift kit, proper big old tyres that we put on it and everything like that. And that was obviously to do with the suspension travel and how how much that differs and whatnot. Uh, We did do an electric uh, transplant, I would say, um, from, what was it, a Mercedes E-Class, like an old obviously big diesel thing yeah bought us that and we had to make it as clean as possible so we had um one of my friends or our friends chris from zero ev um who does does that in many different vehicles um put a tesla drive unit there's some cool cars like old school cars that are like yeah yeah, having electric uh, engines put in all that that's it yeah yeah Yeah. he's got the r32 skyline that's got a tesla motor in it and Real super cool, um, high, I don't know what it is, properly, like the battery units mm-hmm. are a lot smaller, so you don't have much weight in, but yeah. And do you think, fun. do you think drift is going that way? Because there's, there's been testing with some cars yeah. Um, recently. And yeah. That kind of stuff. So yeah, you, you thinking it's going that way? Yes, definitely. I mean, with the fact that the World Rallycross is going that way, um, I think, are they supposed to be... Doing it a full electric this year? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember. But something we'll, along we'll those lines. That, they, yeah. they're, that's the way that's heading. And it's only a matter of time before everything sort of follows suit. And I mean, look at the cars on the road now. A lot of cars are either hybrids mm-hmm. or you've got the Teslas out there, really. And what's um, your opinion on that? I mean, it, it I, tends to divide people, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'm all for it. I would love to build and play around with, with something electric because electric, you've got instant power. Mm-hmm. Power delivery is incredible. And with the likes of going around on a, on a drift circuit, I mean, your average drift circuit is like 40 to 50 seconds. Like that power delivery going around that quickly and you probably have a maximum of four runs to do. Mm-hmm. And the battery capacity now with little units of batteries because you used to have massive massive units that would weigh as much as an engine yeah or more so um but the capacity now on the batteries is so much better so the cars are going to be lighter and yeah the the electric units uh, drive units on the rear i think there would be some major work you would need to do to to be able to power and have the torque with the grippy tires and everything like that yeah. going in a bit too probably a bit too deep with it mm-hmm. but that's what kind of thing martin and i are thinking about and that's what i want to do for if we had the chance opportunity to Worthy. do it we definitely would for sure yeah because it's it's not i mean you mentioned the word grip there everybody i think or especially i coming into it yeah. when you first think about it you think it's about losing traction and yes. getting sideways and not having grip yeah but actually that's not the case right? no exactly so over the years i mean when i first started out it was obviously as as much as you can get a, a cheap budget road tire or used to go to like BMW and see what they'd have out the back that they've taken off a, a road car that you'd have part ones really mm-hmm. and that's all we could afford and yeah. stuff like that but now it's going into proper semi-slick and you're looking at treadwear and and um, compound and everything like that and the stickier compound you want and it's it's getting crazy <laughs> it really yeah. is I mean, Martin's probably on the best tyre out there, Valino, um, that he used. Uh, he used last year and got sponsored by um, to to use them. And they're, the I would say, the best tyre on the market, really, with the likes of the grip level. And it's not just about the grip level. It's the the side bite, the forward bite, yeah. things like that, really. Yeah, because so. you want to be going sideways, but quickly and yes. in the right direction. Yeah, right? So and be able to keep that steady because there's so many different tyres out there that have got, you You throw a car in sideways at 90, 100 miles an hour and you haven't got like the feeling of a safety net, really. You've got no, no side bite on the tyre that you mm-hmm. feel like the car's going to fall over itself or like it's got no move or it's got too much movement there that you think it's going to, it's not going to go in the place that you you want it in that direction. So, yeah, yeah it's mad. I could and go it, into proper details yeah. and it would be bloody boring. <laughs> no, I love it, I love it. I mean, I've heard, I learn something new every time I talk about it. I, mm. Yeah, it's, I think it's an amazing sport. And the more you get into it, the more you realise how much skill it takes yeah. and how much the engineering makes a real difference. And Definitely. It's not just trying to go sideways. Yeah, even just a line in a car now. <coughs> Yeah. yeah, you yeah. made a mention of sponsors just then. So obviously sponsored by Monster at the moment. Yeah. How much does how much does something like that change your career? Huge amounts. I mean, Monster Energy. I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for the fact that I was I'm with Driftworks and they they put everything out on um, like social media and all their vlogs and whatnot. And I mean, I think one of my famous ones was ticked off at Teesside um, that I forgot that I had 
a camera in my car and I couldn't, uh, what would be the word? Yeah. I <laughs> couldn't get my car into gear. <laughs> um, I think I went from like fourth down into third and it wouldn't go and I was really angry and straightened up and I think there was lots and lots of F words and it, <laughs> It's quite a funny video if you get the chance to watch it. Well, we'll maybe even try and put that in on the video version. <laughs> so for those of you watching... We'll drop a link somewhere. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Quite funny. But I would say I wouldn't be anywhere without Driftworks, but also with the help of Bagsy as well that put me forward for being with Monster. And I went for sort of initiation um at silverstone for the world rallycross last year two years ago okay um yeah and that was kind of a test to see what i was like and and is that, i mean talking to people or driving or yeah just, what, so what? yeah i i got to drive out with all the all the monster energy boys oh, out okay. on on uh, the rallycross track and the first time i saw my car because they had like the big uh, monster energy uh, riot rig riot right yeah um, and there's a picture of me coming around the top corner um, in, at Silverstone on the Rallycross track that is such a wicked photo. And it kind of put me back of like, wow, oh my God, how, how is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but also chatting to people. And I think I, I spent about four hours extra in my suit signing and and having photos with people and chat, just chatting, really. And lots of little girls and little boys wanting to come and have a chat and look, get in the car and look at the car and whatnot. So I think that impressed um, Monster quite somewhat. And I think all the rest of the lads just disappeared off as they do. <laughs> so, and that's so important, yeah. is getting the, getting the youth inspired. Exactly, to come and, yeah, exactly. Come and partake and all that kind of stuff. Certainly. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, you've kind of mentioned obviously spending some extra time there, making that kind of, doing the outreach with the fans, the community. Yeah. What do you believe is your USP that's helped you be so successful up to this point? Um, oh gosh. I would say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Modestly, perhaps. It's good to <laughs> um, I would say definitely to, to think... I mean, I've got so much to prove as a driver and I never want to think of myself as better than I am and I always want to aspire to be better. And, like, I think I got asked by Eddie Powers, like, would, would you, like, do you think you're ready to go into Driftmasters? And the answer is, hell no. <laughs> Jesus, I've got so much, so much uh, more to learn and every time I get in the car, you learn something, learn something different. It is all about seat time and, and whatnot. But I would say with all the things that I've I've done, I've been to different places and I've been lucky to obviously jump on board with Terry, Terry Grant and do do the different stunt stuff at different places um, and be able to get out there with Martin and travel Europe and actually learn, and learn things from track um, that then coincides with my driving as well. Um, that's helped a lot. And definitely talking to fans, and that is massively important. Um, giving them the time. They've come to watch you, so you need to give those people the time to 
that you appreciate them for, really. Definitely. Spot on. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree more on that. Point. Yeah. Nice. And then as far as kind of, we've been very positive. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's take a little bit negative. <laughs> um, of course. As in, so just run us through <clears throat> what's the, like what are some of the worst things that you've kind of come across or happened, crashed cars, yeah, just... What what are the things that stick out to you that have kind of really gone wrong? You mentioned obviously one not being able to get the car into gear yeah. and stuff like that. But. Um, I think the main one for me is putting myself under so much pressure. Um, I think the, that very instant was a really crap weekend for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all positive and everything like that, but there's always something in the back of my head that I think as well the BDC did put me up to like, oh, Tessa Wittick, Queen of Europe, and da 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 this, that, and the other. And it was, that stressed me out because lots of people are going to see that. And mm-hmm. there's loads of people come to see you at Teesside. And Pressure's building. Massive, massive. And to actually go out there and not perform was the worst thing ever, really. And you have people message you over the time and like, oh, I can't wait to see you on track, and da 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 mm-hmm. And you're not in the show. It's just like, well, I've let you guys down as well as myself. Um, but for my own silly head that just gets in the way sometimes for sure and I think yeah that's the main main thing that lets me down I've just got to think well you can do it don't yeah. don't be such a bloody idiot you'll uh, be fine yeah as I say what how, yeah, how do you get around that and is that is that it you just gotta give yeah, yourself a good talk and yeah see. exactly and it does help obviously sometimes Martin's there but sometimes he's not but also that's that's a pressure as well because he's a lot better than I am and I want to prove to him that I can do it as well and, and everything. <laughs> Healthy so. competition. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And do you do you guys so travel around a lot? Are you competing against each other or how, how does that sort of, yeah, pan, I would love out? to compete against Martin, but mm. not at the minute, but I will be there sometime, sometime soon. That would be really good. So, so do you then, your lives <laughs> kind of, yeah, you go into the same spots or are you actually then traveling kind of different times or yeah, um, how, how does that kind of? So, I mean... Traveling to different events separately, um, but I would say Martin predominantly comes with me all all the time, oh, and really? vice versa, really, um, because I'm always designated driver as well as uh, yeah, while he's <laughs> sleeping in the back of the van and and whatnot. But also um, his spotter as well for the time that we're out there, because that dynamic works really well. And I haven't got everything to do by myself anymore because we've got other other guys that kindly come out and help us, which is which is brilliant. So, yeah, we do tend to go all over the place together or or separately, depending on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And then, I mean, I took it negative. Let's bring it back positive. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> most most proud moment. What's the what's the best what's the best thing you've done or the kind of bit you're most proud of today? Um. Gosh, again, so many. Um, Being able to get the sponsors that I have that have actually believed in me. I would say, first of all, to a massive, huge thank you to to Driftworks, really, because I wouldn't be anywhere Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for them to get me out there as a person, as, as a personality, as a driver, everything like that. But then to follow on from that, to have the biggest organisation energy drink. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, <laughs> to, for them to come on board, f- following that is is incredible. And that's, I've got lots to be thankful for. 
Mm-hmm. And what's Everything. the next five years, next ten years? What's the what's the aim? What's the mission? Oh, um, so I'm in. I'm just about to get the new Toyota Supra. Oh, cool. Ah, okay. So, yeah. yeah is, that little, is that a little exclusive here? Or? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe it's kind of been, yeah, it's kind of been spoken about. Um, I've been chatting to Toyota oh, cool. on and off for, for ages. And yeah. So Congratulations. That's, that's cool. That's a massive, cool, massive yeah. thing. So hoping to, to work with them quite considerably over the next next couple of years and whatnot. Um, and watch this space, really, in in that respect. I mean... Wow. I don't just want to do drifting um, as much as that is the main passion that I love, but I've entered into the world of like uh, time attack and I came second and I was like, actually, it's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Actually grip driving. And I think with drifting, that certainly helps with the car that I was driving. It was a BMW um, M3, the, well, the new ones. And of basically you've got to have a lot of feeling and yeah to not make it go sideways or not to let it go sideways as it were um that's my transitioning from drifting to circuit driving that certainly helps massively i would say and with what i want to do with the supra um is create it into an all-rounder i would say so not just to to be a one-trick pony she'll go out and do other things as well. Oh, amazing. Because yeah. there's, there. I mean, I've seen a lot on social media about the Supra and kind yeah. of, yeah, lots of people modding it and all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. that'd be an interesting car for sure. Definitely. Right. Oh, and then, excited. yeah, speaking about cars, what's your kind of car history like? Where did it start? <laughs> I mean, you've got the future coming up on the horizon, but are there any other kind of key cars that you want to pick out that have been, you know, somewhat, you know, close to your heart over the years? Um... Well, I was a Barry boy when I was younger in that respect. Barry girl or whatever you call it, I don't know. Like a little racer, racer girl. Mm. Um, so I, I started off in front-wheel drive cars, actually. Mm. So, yeah. Little, yeah. Too much as <laughs> everyone else is like, yeah. Don't tell anyone. Be quiet, yeah. be quiet. Um, but, yeah, I, well, my very first car, I had a, a Corsa, Corsa B. I think it was, little bubble. <laughs> it's amazing. In, what was it, a maroon colour? Little oh. one point nothing? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I think it was a 1.3 actually. Wow, oh, you, you had the big one, yeah. The beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, then that blew up. <laughs> uh, the engine seized and then I went and got myself a uh, Fiesta ST. Okay. Upgraded that next year for Focus ST and then I didn't... Astra VXR Nuremberg Ring Edition. Oh. <laughs> You're still, yes, yeah, very front-wheel drive yeah, heavy. Yeah, very, very front-wheel yeah. drive heavy. <laughs> yeah. And then I I got my Vitara that I had so much fun with because I built that in to be a, a little challenge truck. So we went off-roading all the time and green laning and it's amazing. So much fun. Cool. Um, and is this, is this the one that we were drifting a little bit, potentially? Yeah, okay, yeah. On, on fields and yeah. stuff like that. And I'd actually go to Epping in the morning with after being out all night with some of my friends uh, doing green lanes and whatnot. And it'd be absolutely caked in mud. And I'd get out of the car with a with stilettos on and, <laughs> and a suit. And people in the car park would be like, what? That's, You've just got out of that's that. That's a badass what? look right there, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, 
it's cool. Yeah, and then I bought my Skyline. But other things, other little gems, I'm not sure actually. I mean, there is quite a few new cars on the road, which is like, ooh, obviously the Supra, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, ooh. so on on the Supra, yeah. uh, social media, all that kind of stuff. How much are you in that side of the world as well? As in, are you looking to grow social media more? Or are you, yes. I mean, you're pretty active on there anyway. Yeah. But um, how much does that play a role in what you do? Huge amounts now. I mean, you've Instagram is just the the place to be, and IGTV and making mm-hmm. content on YouTube and everything like that. So, I think with Martin and I's dynamic and how funny. We can be at times, yeah. <laughs> and the banter side of things, and the ugly stuff, and the and the good stuff as well. But I think that's what makes it a good team too. Um, with creating that funny content that people want to watch and have a giggle while watching it, that's that's what we want out of it. But also portraying what we do, and I think it's really important to show the behind the scenes, not just all the good stuff. Yeah, it is the stuff, the hard times, and the bloody annoying times that you're trying to figure something out or something you've broken that you need to afford to get something else because we're not sponsored but to the nines and and stuff like that. we still got to work to afford what we got and mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, want to want to do that more for sure. Needs to happen this year. Nice. Yeah. And then any other sports you're getting into at the moment? Are we, you know, any snowboarding? Is there any kind of like anything outside of motorsport? Yeah, I love my skiing. Nice. Love my skiing. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Ryan would be pissed off. So, so yeah, I'm, but, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm oh, no. getting disappointed about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, you're on the right side of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually tried snowboarding. I would like to, but I am shocking on a skateboard, so I can't see me being Oh, really? On a see, I thought on social media I saw you and Martin going, or yeah, you and someone else going snowboarding, or was somebody else on a snowboard? Or Martin you... was on the snowboard. Ah, okay. My, my, man. my man. My man. <laughs> well done, Martin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a snowboard in the room. Keeping yeah. it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other other sports you um sitting on jet skis, all oh, this yeah. kind of other stuff. What yeah, what else gets the gets the blood going? Um horse riding cool. is a massive thing of mine. I've done that competitively as well, by show jumping and cross country was my main thing when I was a lot younger. But growing out of horses really and more horsepower. <laughs> yeah. so needs, needs <laughs> Replace those horses really. with mechanical yeah. horses, yeah. What else? Um can't really think of anything else. I would say, but there. And travels in there, I suppose. But you get that through the definitely get it, get it through the drifting and yeah. driving. Yeah. So I will be going to to Finland this year and do some do some ice driving and some skiing. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know if you can call this another sport, but total wipeout. Oh was, God! Yeah. <laughs> I just always come up. Oh God! Um, Talk us through that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A thing actually popped up on my feet. I think it was yesterday, actually. I don't know whether it was nine, nine years ago that I, I did that. Ago that. Wow. Long ago now. Oh, I, I long ago. That long ago. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I applied for it because really and truly, I actually only wanted to meet Richard Hammond. Wow. Okay. And he doesn't do anything over in Argentina. He does everything from a London office. So. Oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and going out to. Argentina with 19 other nutters was very very interesting and 
to actually do the the main with the big red balls there. Yeah, you that, did it. That. I think before it got too hyped and suddenly it became all these yeah. different things. It was, a- it was mental. And how much you can actually properly hurt yourself. Like we did Crash Mountain is like the next stage um, where you've got to run to the, or jump and run to the middle mm. on this thing. And um, then one of the guys, I mean, that takes hours, hours and hours and hours for people to, to oh, finally right. do it. And obviously you only see two minutes in a, yeah. in, a in the programme. And one of the guys actually had to be airlifted no way. out to hospital because he broke his leg. Because they've got um, safety on top, just into the water in the middle. Um, he obviously jumped, fell, and obviously went to whatever metal bit is in the middle. I don't know what was sticking out or whatever. But yeah, he oh, broke, his, broke his leg on that. They needed, needed Andy Harris then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think that's why they have have uh, those kind of things out in Argentina because I don't yeah. think there's any health and safety. I'm assuming you signed your life away before. Oh, like yeah, of course. Stuff, Naturally, yeah. To, to make a fool of myself on national television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, kind of just talking on future projects, Supra, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, just run us through what else is coming up and what you're, what um, you're looking to do. I mean, lots of things coming up with um, Monster Energy and like the other demos and other little events and there'll be some interesting content uh, which I can't really speak about at the moment but Ooh, there'll be some, yeah. some interesting videos and oh, vlogs and things like that to, to, to do with the guys with Monster Energy so that'll be very very exciting and obviously to sort out my business as well I want to have it more of a, a corporate outfit really oh cool um, yeah cool. and because working in London for the amount of time that I did, you did team building events and they were way overdone because the likes of clay pigeon shooting and golfing and things like that. No offence to anybody who enjoys that kind of thing, but it's overdone, really. And to come and do something completely different, which is a high adrenaline thing, and to stand at the sidelines and take the mickey out of the person who's driving. or And then it doesn't matter who you are or anything like that. You don't even know the person it actually makes you interact with people uh, yep. because you get out of the car and you want to share what you've just done with mm-hmm. in the car. So I think it's a real, real cool idea to do. And it. where, where is it based and all that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm yeah. ready to sign up. It is, it is a bit annoying. Um, it is up at three sisters in Wigan. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, really good, good little number I've got up there at the moment. So, yeah, if you fancy coming along, let, let us know. Definitely. I think you've got, sure. you got All of you, lads, yeah. Cool. And then, did you want to ask some, we put some questions out on yeah, social media as well. So, social. Yeah. Oh, God. Social. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of people wanting to marry you. That's, that's yeah. normal. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. So we're, we're Martin's just... got to put a ring on it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah no pressure, Martin. <laughs> I, can, I can feel it building. <laughs> So yeah, we're just getting, getting fun. So we've got one from Stuart's Outdoor Outdoor Falklands. So have you oh, ever had good. any experience slash frights that you thought the game was over? Kaput. Anything that you thought was, you know, that was game over for you? Any really hairy moments? Um, oh, gosh. I would say before I did the drifting, like, competitively, mm. um being able to afford it and also crashing my car at a, a couple of different 
um, practice days because it was my road car as well. So I'd pack up the car and wow. drive it to a practice day and turn the music up a lot louder on the way back because of the noises. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, please don't. And yeah, it was things like that really that mm. I'd, I think I broke a... Um, oh, what did I break? All those years ago now. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was quite expensive to replace. <laughs> um, and it was like, oh, is, is this it? Like, And as well, I couldn't drive anything else because mm. I didn't have and didn't own another vehicle. So it was... Mm double-edged sword really yeah it's like uh i'm kind of buggered in both aspects so oh. <laughs> long drive back but, home yeah <laughs> definitely and then we've got another from too many cars too many cars too, too many, many cars, many cars. Many cars. <laughs> <laughs> um says has Hello. tessa still got her white r33 and if so how thick is the layer of dust <laughs> <laughs> i have oh who is that i want to know who that is it's um yeah too many cars oh my goodness uh yes i still have her she is sitting in a garage somewhere without a gearbox feeling sorry for herself so the layer of Um, dust is pretty pretty oh it's it's pretty bad i would say it's pretty bad (laughs) gonna be some life back in her anytime soon i would say so yeah um she's wasted sitting in there not doing anything so either I may bring that car on as to be the demo car for RDX Mm -hmm. or sell her to some lovely other person so that can enjoy her. So we'll see. Yeah. Mad. We've got another one here from Cars Harley and he asks, what's your favourite thing about the car community right now? Oh, um... The together, the together. Whoa, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Morning. (laughs) The togetherness um, of everybody. Mm. I mean, you've got people who are into their front wheel drives, the rear wheel drives, their four wheel drives. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm. There's, there's always you've got that connection Mm. with the people, people out there for sure. Definitely. And then off the back of that, just a kind of question for myself. Are you seeing the kind of car modding community still in that kind of growth? Or are you seeing that it's slightly, it's starting to slow down a bit? Because I think there was that real kind of like fire within the industry and the kind of, well, early on, but I know especially for me, like, you know, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, there seems to be that real kind of desire. Yeah. And I don't know if it's maybe my view. I'm starting to see not. You're getting old, Tom. Yeah, well, I think we all are. Yeah, do you still see that real love and that sort of burning passion within the sort of customization world? No, mm. not anymore. Um, I would say that's changed dramatically because of the kids that have newer cars nowadays. Mm. Like all the all the cars that you buy off off the shelf, as it were. Yeah, uh, the, you can't really do a lot mm. um, because you can't touch the engines because. They're either on HP or it's just so much plastic within the engine bay now. Mm-hmm. And all you can do is like a simple mod of changing an exhaust tip or something yeah. like that. <laughs> just like modified. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> or an induction kit. That's that's the good one. But no, it has changed a lot for, for the worse, really, because that's what brought more people together as it as such, because they could talk and about changing well swapping stuff with each other and because they had the same same cars and actually spend the time in the garage actually doing stuff to the cars Mm. i would say that's definitely lost that 
that feel for it, for sure. And is there is there any sign of you kind of moving to two wheels or even more wheels? I don't think so. I I would like to give the bikes a go, but I think I like a cage around me, yeah. really. Because I think if I was on a bike, which I did do when I was a lot, lot, lot younger, right. um, I'd just be stupid now, I think. Just want too much out of it and, oh, yeah, I could go do that <laughs> up there on a motocross track and yeah. crash and burn quite badly, probably. And, and you hanging don't out with the world's well. best as well, right? Then you, exactly. you suddenly expectations become that level higher. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Spot on. Yeah. Now, I think we've got one final question from a username that's going to be really hard. I'm going to go Olsen EGW. And Hello. how hard is it to stay at the top level for so long within the drifting world? I haven't been there that long. <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, one, I would say I definitely haven't been there that long. Um, and I'm not at the top, I feel. Definitely not, if. I still aspire to be better and still want more out of what I've got already. So definitely well, not so there yet. Answer yeah. for that comes in round two of the, yeah, of the, maybe. Of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Brilliant. I think great. Really massive pleasure to have you in. Thank you very yeah, much for having me. Lot. Yeah, That's really interesting for, much for us guys. Thank but, you. But um, wish you luck for the future and we'll we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks, Tessa. Nice one. Cheers. And before we go, is there any, uh, any socials we should be looking out for? Anything we should... Just generally be keeping your eyes open from you. Well, just keep your eyes open on my social media, really. There we go. There will be. And for anyone that doesn't follow you, what's that social? All my social is Tessa. Drop it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Just a plug. (laughs) Plug, plug, plug. Tessa underscore Whittock. Brilliant, sir. Well, yeah, thank you very much for coming in, Tessa. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, thanks for listening. Speak soon. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow to keep up to date with the latest episodes. And share it with your friends so they can get some of their time too.